Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I don't know if this qualifies as emergency garden report. We'll call it one. Oh, it's an emergency. Just to create a little bit of urgency here, it is a sleepy Friday afternoon heading into a long weekend, and I don't know if you are sitting around the house watching this right now, but you might be able to catch us on a repeat, which is totally fine. A. Sherrod Blakely, the professor, uh, here to uh, drop some knowledge about what's going on with the Celtics, and as you can see here on the screen, uh, the big news, of course, uh, 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 Danilo Gallinari, we thought we were out of the woods here with a meniscus situation and he might be back and all of a sudden nope ACL and that is not just bad for the year maybe bad for the rest of his career and um, kind of a little step back for the Celtics we'll talk about that we're also going to talk about um, uh, you know Kevin Durant situation settling a massive trade in the NBA involving Donovan Mitchell kind of surprise team involved there uh, with Cleveland uh, and kick around your boy, your boy, Carmelo Anthony. If two Cuse guys think that Mello, and it's not an accident, Sherrod's wearing that, uh, wearing that here. We welcome you guys to join us in the chat and give us your comments. We'll definitely post some comments along the way uh, and get a sense of what you guys are feeling. Panic time, bombed, everything's going to be okay. We'll see. Uh, before we get into all of it, want to tell you about our sponsor. Super important. If you guys are interested in health, which everyone should be, and I know that you are. This is a great resource here, athleticgreens.com uh, slash garden, a free one-year supply um, of vitamin D travel packs. This is a terrific all-in-one supplement uh, that you can go uh, and get all your good stuff here. And, uh, you know, it makes you feel good. It's good for gut health, good for your immune system, good for a million things. And I can't quite find the graphic, guys, but there's a uh. giveaway. There is a giveaway. I, we're going to tell you about that later when we give you product details. But first, we'll get into the heavy news. Guys, uh, two questions. Sherrod, I'll start with you. And the first question is, how bad is this? The second question is, how in the world did they miss it? Uh, I'm kind of, I'm still, it's not, doesn't matter because it is what it is. I'm just so perplexed about how you miss it. <laughs> how did well, that happen? It, it's, it's not surprising, uh, especially when you're talking about a guy who, this injury is not new to him or to that damn knee of his, that specific knee. So I, it's not shocking that they miss it. it. It's a little bit disappointing, and, and and maybe I think there may have been some some um, you know hopeful optimism that you know it wasn't as bad as it looked. But we've we've been through this gauntlet enough to know that when guys get hurt and no one is around, it's usually a bad injury. It's usually the worst case scenario that you can think of. And certainly when you talk about Danilo him having this type of injury at this point in his career is a very, very bad, bad situation for him, for anyone, but particularly for him being an older player who was on the downside, <clears throat> excuse me, of his career. Um, but as far as the Celtics are concerned, to me, you know, Danilo was going to be a luxury for them. He was a guy that was going to give them the potential to be comfortably in the conversation as one of the last teams standing. And I still think they're, they're in that conversation. But the amount of cushion that they have in order to not be the best version of themselves and still win a championship, that cushion is shrunk because he addresses a very specific need that we saw play out in the playoffs last year, particularly against Golden State. And that is their inability to have a stretch big come off the bench and can knock down shots. And, and we, we know the numbers. I mean, he's been near 
you know, 40% three-point shooter throughout the, the bulk of his career. Uh, and not having a veteran player with that type of DNA, with that type of track record available all season long, you're going to have to look for some other sources of offense from that particular spot, particularly when you're talking about a second unit that was ranked 26th in the NBA in scoring as a group. So his absence is going to be felt before he even, before he even played a game, no question. Yeah, yeah. I started to get excited about seeing him, especially when you looked at some of the numbers, playing off Trey Young, uh, catch and shoot. He was still an elite player in that sense, and he could pretty much hit from everywhere on the floor. You looked at his career and just all the different shooting charts and everything else, and he, anywhere he shot on the floor, he was pretty capable from, particularly uh, the right side last year. He was just killing it, and that was a dynamic that the Celtics Outside of Grant Williams last year, I haven't had in recent memory. You would have loved the idea of Jason Tatum in a crowd being able to fire off to this guy and his wide open percentages last year. I think we're up near 42%. So even though he's declined in certain areas, didn't fit this team ideally as a defensive piece. I didn't love the signing initially because I thought there were some better options who fit in more versatile, uh, especially on the defensive end. But once I saw the offensive output, even in his maybe worst year since his rookie year, I started to get excited about seeing him. And the fact that we won't even see it now, it seems like, is really disappointing. Uh, you mentioned him as a luxury shroud. I feel like they were relying on him a little bit. I mean, Nismith's gone, so you have no backup wings. They had talked about him as kind of a backup five in certain lineups, and mm -hmm. now it's just my guy Cornette, who I have high hopes for, but maybe not night in, night out. They're going to have to replace him, I think. Yeah. Like, unless they want to do that tight rotation, seven men, uh, 38 minutes a night for Tatum and 35 for Brown and Horford's playing 20, 30 minutes a night. I don't think you want to do that for another year, but that's the position you're in right now. No, the, the, the reason why I referred to him as a luxury, Bobby, wasn't some, uh, had more to do with the fact that the Celtics without him are a title contender without him at all with him there's a little bit more cushion in terms of their title hopes and and again i think that cushion is shrunk which in me in my mind that makes him somewhat of a luxury because your goal is still very attainable without him it's just that you don't have nearly as much margin for error now to get there as you would have had had you, you had a you know a six foot ten veteran yeah. you know stretch big on your roster that's all. that's the thing and 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 again to address two things one you know bobby's not bobby's criticism the criticism of gallinari not being a perfect fit here that's what you get for six million bucks i feel like it's the dennis schroeder conversation all over again not that we're not going to compare it but you got you get a flawed player who's left there when all the free agency dust has settled because they're not perfect if he could play d he'd be making even at his age he'd be making 15 18 million dollars a year um you know, so that's what you got, but it was a good fit because it was a guy who wanted to be here, who did have a particular set of skills that was extremely useful and addressed an area of need. And I think you were going to find a way to hide some of the things he can't do and really, really, really benefit. As you said, he's 40% from three all day, you know, like that's just what he does. He's just knocks. It's consistent. You can count on it. You don't have to worry about, oh, uh, well, he's, you know, can this guy get, can this guy knock it down enough? So you're kind of stuck in the same place and running in place. What I will say to people who will say, it's not that big a deal. You know, they can get by it and this and that. Look, if you were excited, he was here. You've got to be equally disappointed that he's not going to be here because you knew you had very little to work with. Uh, you know, if you were Brad in the off season, he swung big and he hit with Brogdon there, which really addressed an area of need, but you needed front court depth and wing depth to be able to spell, you know, some of the guys there. And now you don't have it. Um, and so is it gloom and doom? And are they going to fall to the seventh seed in the Eastern conference? Maybe. No, I don't think so. That's <laughs> That's not the oh, point. What the hell are you talking about? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But you're talking about a team that was you really felt good about because you thought, given what they had to work with, they maximized this roster. Now you're going to look back and say, well, Wick, maybe you could have spent some TPE dollars here because that's gone. Your outlets now, and again, your outlets are small, you know, like the amount, what you can do. You've got half of Gallinari, $6 million to play with. So you got 3 million bucks to go and try to find somebody. Yeah. There's a couple of spare parts laying around. I know Montrez there. Uh, Harold is one who's got his own set of issues, uh, but obviously could address front court depth there. 
Got to figure out what that situation is. Mello has been kicked around, but it hurts. And I don't know where you find it unless you start to look at your roster and say, can I move something for to address an area of need? And uh, will that even make me better? Because you are relatively thin right now. All right, quick pause to tell you about our exclusive wagering partners and one of our sponsors here at the Garden Report, Bet Online over at betonline.ag. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. And folks, it is right around the corner. The NFL season begins on Thursday, so less than a week away. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including, of course, MLB, MMA, tennis, uh, boxing, and, of course, even golf. You know you're going to have basketball and hockey coming around the corner as well, so get ready for that. Head over to betonline.ag and join to receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 100%. Check that out, okay? That's a big deal. Get over there. 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 over at betonline.ag. BetOnline, where the game starts. And that's the issue. I mean, I don't think that there is a clear and undeniable, if we package this guy and that guy for him, that makes us better. I don't think there's that clear, definitive, this is the move that the Celtics need to make other than to add someone who can who can be a stretch big of sorts. And, and you know, we're, we're going to get into Carmelo. Uh, I, and just, you know, shout out to Gary Washburn, who really started beating the Carmelo drum well before we found out about, uh, you know, Gallinari's injury. And that's not really all that shocking because, remember, back in 2013, only one person in the entire country <laughs> thought that someone other than LeBron James was MVP, and that was Gary Washburn, who put his vote with Carmelo. And I, I was a voter that year, and I voted for LeBron. And for about a good four or five days, I caught a lot of heat because it got out that the vote for Melo came from Boston. So they immediately assumed that it was me. Uh, so I was glad that Gary fessed up to that. Uh, but Melo, at this point, for the price that you're going to pay, you're tr- going to get tremendous bang for your buck because you're not going to have to pay a lot to get him. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I'll take exactly. it. Yeah. <laughs> Melo at like two, three million feels a lot different than Melo at 22, 23 million. It, it's, it, you can't, it, it, there's always a Schroeder risk. Okay, which is the what you see on the court and what they're actually doing, which is providing scoring and being able to be an instant offense sort of guy, albeit not necessarily the most efficient way. What you can't quantify, that's that's there and it's tangible, but what you can't quantify is fit and what it does for everybody else on the court around them. And again, it's relatively it's fairly obvious after the fact despite the fact that Schroeder was capable doing what he was doing and came as advertised, it wasn't a fit. And so when they moved on, that helped. Uh, in addition to a bunch of other things happening, I think Schroeder was a victim of bad timing too, because a bunch of other things started breaking for the Celtics. Well, but it didn't fit. It was kind of clear. And, you know, uh, that's the fear with mellow is that he's in there. And when he's in there, he's got to be mellow. I'm not that worried about it. You know, like I, I, I'm really not. I really do think that this is a very natural fit if if, if they could pull it off. If there's a way you can get Melo for three million dollars, I don't even I don't even blink. I don't love it. I love Melo. And you know, we we got the Q's connection over here on this side, but thirty-eight off a dreadful defensive season. He shot okay, but not necessarily the most natural catch and shoot guy. Needs the ball in his hands at times to do stuff. And he's adapted well. He's with all this in recent years. Portland, L.A. I just... Again, you can't be picky. You can't be choosy here. There's not a ton of risk with signing a guy for a minimum. I wouldn't be mad if they did it. But I'd look at some other options here. I'm intrigued by Jared Vanderbilt. That's a guy I love. Minnesota... They're in a uh, um, Utah. They're in a fire sale. There's a couple different guys on that roster I'd be taking a look at. They need to get under the luxury tax, so you might not even have to pay anything to get one of those guys. Yep, I'm intrigued by someone off that roster. 
But I, I, I hear what you're saying, Bobby. And, and, and again, I, I, I come back to two things. One, bang for your buck. You're going to get tremendous bang for your buck. You have one of the all-time great NBA scores that you can bring off your bench, limit him to 10, 15 minutes. He would not have a problem with that because there's a reason why he's a, he's still out there. Uh, teams are a little bit skittish about what they're going to get with him. But in Boston, it would be a perfect situation for him. They literally need him to do what Carmelo Anthony does, uh, get buckets. And the way that the Celtics play defense, and we saw it last year, uh, if you've got a healthy Robert Williams, He's going to cover up a lot of flaws with your defense. And certainly, if you have him on the floor, you're going to make damn sure if Melo's on the floor, you're probably going to have Rob out there, you know, in that kind of free safety defensive mode. And the other thing about Melo that I think uh, you, you can't really, I think, gloss over is the fact that that experience, uh, yes, he's got, he's got tremendous uh, wear and tear on those wheels, but the wisdom that he has gone through, the, the, the tough times that he has endured as an elite player. I mean, he Melo is going to be thirsty to win. And whatever they need him to do, whatever any team for that matter, Boston or anyone else, yeah. Melo, I think, is going to buy in. And this is what you gotta work, you gotta think of. I, again, you bring in Carmelo Anthony to be like a core piece of your team. You have to worry about the things Carmelo Anthony doesn't do. But right. when you're talking about what he does, bench scoring and wing depth, you think Melo, and again, someone put it in the comments here, and I think that this is a good one. I know he's not great defensively. Are you really worried he's going to get friggin' cooked uh, with a second going against other teams' bench players? You just need him in there to lighten the load a little bit and a guy who can create his own shot. The value, and this is why I was always a bit of a Schroeder defender, the value in a person who can create their own shot in a second unit that has none of them is tremendous. And what did we see in the finals? Nothing. There's no offense. If you didn't have Tatum and Brown on the floor at the same time, the, there was nothing doing on the offensive side of the ball. You have to have some guys who can create. Brogdon is a huge part of that now, too. So that helps already because you can always play two of those guys at the same time and have it. But you're literally just talking about, I got to get Tatum down to 37 minutes, 36 minutes. I can't have him hovering around 40 most of the year. I got it. I've just got to create an opportunity here. So you're talking about shaving five minutes here, five minutes here, five minutes here, 15 minutes. All you need, you can't make that work with Mello in there, possibly even have him in there in a small ball five roll as a crunch time scorer. Absolutely. You know, like I think there's a lot of things you can do here. Good, I, I, and again, yeah, it'd be a good piece to have, you know, on paper and, you know, you looking at what he's done in recent seasons, but he'd have to commit to the role. And I think that role will entail him not playing on certain nights, many nights. In fact, I think they'll play tighter. I think they'll go with some three guard lineups with the personnel that they have now. He'd be more of like a relief arm here to me. And that's what Gallinari, I think, was effectively going to be. Yep. And that's that's exactly it. What's the difference, honestly? I mean, certainly yeah. Gallinari's a better shooter, but is it that much better? You know? Um, yes. I mean, yes, he's a better three-point shooter, better spot-up shooter, but I mean, also he's less athletic, you know I mean? He's probably less capable defender than Mello, which someone like Mello, it's always really more a matter of will, you know, you get older, you're a superstar player, you know, and you just don't friggin' lock down on the D. That's not what you're getting paid to do, but you come here, you just got to bust ass for 10, 12, 15 minutes a game. It's easy. It's easier to put up a little bit better defensive effort when that's really all you're asked of. You're asking him to go out there and carry the freight and score 26, 27, 28 points per game uh, and play 35 minutes in an advancing age. Yeah, I don't know that I can keep that up on both ends of the floor, but you can do that. You know, it's like a closer. Closer can come in throwing 100 miles an hour. You don't have to worry about how you're going to be three innings from now. We just need you to do it now. So I'm, I'm, I'm less concerned about it, you know, than, than, than I know a lot of people might be. Why do you think he's still out there, Sharad? Why? Fit. I mean, I, I think Carmelo is a guy, if you're a championship, when you look at the teams that are near the front of the pack, you look at Boston, you look at Miami, you look at Golden State, you look at Milwaukee. Uh, Carmelo doesn't really seem to have a natural fit with those teams because they, they seem to have addressed whatever he could provide. Uh, whereas the Celtics, they did the same when they got Gallinari, but now that he's not in the mix and you start looking at who are veteran wings or excuse me, veteran uh, stretch bigs who are available, who are good shooters 
and we don't have to spend a ton of money to get. And there aren't a lot of and, – and have experience, uh, whether it's regular season or playoff experience, but they've got a significant amount of experience. There just aren't a lot of guys out there. Uh, I like the Vanderbilt kid that you talked about, Bobby. I think he is a good player. But I just wonder, one, how well of a fit would he be? Does he have – will he come with that – the kind of edge that I know Carmelo with? Because Carmelo knows what time it is. He knows he's near the end of his career. And he's not going to get many opportunities to be on a championship caliber team and have actual role on that team. And even if that role fluctuates, whether he plays two or three games in a row and misses a game or two because the matchups just don't work out that night. Uh, so I, I do think he comes in with a different kind of edge than someone a little bit younger who might be comparable in terms of skill set. Uh, and if you're the Celtics, half of the battle for them, I think, when, once they get deep into the playoffs, is attitude. I don't think, you know, that Golden State necessarily had, uh, you know, better players. But when you got a guy like Iguodala, who can go from not playing at all to being an X factor to being arguably the difference between you winning, you know, one of four games uh, in a best of seven series, you need to have players who kind of have that mindset that they can be that on any given night, they can be that guy. And Carmelo, I mean, if we're being honest and real, would anyone be shocked if Carmelo comes to Boston or plays for another team and goes out and drops 41 night? It wouldn't shock at anyone. This point, at this point, probably. Yeah, you know, I think you're more I, looking at. I'd but you know it's in his DNA. You know that's something that it's not like that's something that you haven't seen him do before. That's my point. You know, it, while it's highly unlikely it'll happen, you shouldn't be shocked because he's done it before. And we all know when you're, you're great, saying. when you're a great NBA player on any given night, you know you can reach into the bag. And, and even if it's not consistent, you can find that greatness. That greatness yeah. can come out. So. I, I again, I like the idea because I know you're getting significant bang for your buck, and it's not going to make you adversely worse. If anything, it's only going to help you. And, and no disrespect to your boy Luke Cornett, but <laughs> I kind of like Mello a little bit more than Luke Cornett. We might need to like not say Luke Cornett again. Hey, the Celtics like, are saying it. I know they them like too. Him. Yeah, we, we <laughs> might have do. to say them too. So Mello had, so, Mello had 12, 20 points games last year that's that's a lot solid. man we've seen him heat up and again it, 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 this is the bargain basement is it perfect no but that's why it's out of the bargain basement bin that's always going to be the case the other option is whether or not you would consider uh exploring trades on the current roster ones that might actually hurt you and ones that also maybe you might not get the same caliber player in return, but the pieces might fit better with this roster. And we're going to, I want to talk about a couple possibilities there. First, I do want to tell people about our sponsor and I got it all here. Look at this stuff. Look at this stuff. Still using that's it. That's your vitamin D, right? That's all the good stuff. Travel packs, vitamin D, uh, athletic greens. It's what we are uh, working with here. And I want to tell you guys about it. Uh, Bobby, you guys have, uh, you've been using it, right? Yep. Yeah. Two months now. I, I love I the pack. Travel packs are great. Travel packs are great. I just went on vacation. I'm refreshed. I'm rested. I brought my travel packs. Um, that's all good. So again, um, we've been talking about it. We started taking it. All of us are interested in kind of maintaining our health here on the Garden Report. A lot of our sponsors um, actually are kind of in the wellness space, which I really like uh, in terms of other things. You know, we talk about HelloFresh. We've talked about Calm before. Um, so why do we use it? Makes me feel better. I enjoy it. Why do other people use it? It's literally one-stop shopping uh, with 75 vitamins and supplements all in one scoop. You pour it into a small cup of water, boom, and you're done. You don't have to go shopping for like 50 different things. Um, and, and we know that people do this. Uh, you, you get you know a bottle of this, a bottle of that, this drink, blah, 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 and this and that. Lifestyle friendly. Doesn't matter what diet you're on, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free literally almost no sugar supports better sleep quality recovery uh mental clarity and alertness uh it's uh you know gone through a, a, all sorts of third-party testing for, you know, to talk about its efficacy it costs you less than three dollars a day if you're invested in your health it's worth it uh it's literally cheaper than the coffee that you're probably buying on a regular basis over seven thousand five-star reviews re recommended by professional athletes trusted by leading health experts uh, it's there. So the reviews are great. I mean, the reviews are great. And I get, I, there'll always be detractors. Does it work? I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. I feel better. Do you guys feel better? Yes. I feel better. I'm enjoying it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. 
So we'll tell you what we're going to do. Make it easy. Athletic Greens give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Okay? All you have to do, and this is super important, go to athleticgreens.com slash garden. That's really important. Athleticgreens.com slash garden to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional supplement. And uh, let me tell you what you get with it. What do you get with it? What are we going to give you? I found it. What do we give you? And I know there's some people who have ordered. We just got the sizes. So your stuff is coming, but you get a free boom. Phenomenal t shirt. <laughs> free I phenomenal t shirt. The colors, Garden. it kind of reminds me of those gray Celtics jerseys, but yep. I love the tagline. Garden Report, phenomenal t shirt. We will send it to you. Uh, all you have to do is DM me uh, and there's my Twitter handle up there at John underscore Zanis uh, and send me a receipt, your shirt size uh, and your address. And I'll send you out a t-shirt. And there are a bunch on the way for those people who have already ordered, uh, whether it be this product or a previous product that we've had. So again, please support our sponsors. It really gives us the opportunity to continue to bring you this free content, uh, which we obviously enjoy doing. And we want to be able to give you as much of it as possible as we approach the season. Uh, so guys, uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is trades. And a couple of people have kind of thrown this into the mix uh, here is what could they trade? And the easiest thing is kind of, okay, you brought in Malcolm Brogdon. We talked about whether or not there was a redundancy here. I thought the biggest need the Celtics had is, yeah, playmaking point guard I thought was important, but I do think that that wing depth was really super important because you just, you, you know, you're killing, you're killing your two stars. Um, and, you know, I know Gallinari was more of a four and kind of a front court depth and would have changed the way you play it. But I do feel you need to address the forward position. And now between the three guards and the Pritchard kind of hanging around is going to be an odd man out. That might be the one place where you're like, I could maybe live without one of these guys. So I know everyone's going to point to Derek White. Can you move Derek White? And can you move? De if you do, you are taking pennies on the dollar the way he ended the season. And I know there's a lot of Derek White defenders out there. Um it wasn't great. He wasn't awesome. He wasn't what you expected he would be. He might be in year two, but if you trade him right now, uh, you are going to get cents on the dollar, but you might be able to get a piece or two pieces um, coming back to you that might make this team better. I don't know that that's a fact. I'm just throwing it out there. Derek White may make a huge leap in year two and be super valuable. You have Brogdon, who's a health concern. You might up you might end up doing the worst thing, which is trading what you think is a position of depth and all of a sudden it becoming an area of weakness. And we've seen that happen in a lot of sports with a lot of teams before. So there's always risk involved. But again, it's not a perfect scenario. If you had a ton of money, draft picks or young players you could ship off to make yourself better, you would do that. So whatever you do might hurt a little bit and it won't necessarily make you better. I don't have a deal in mind, but guys, would you consider exploring something like this? I think you have to. I don't have, I don't have a specific deal in mind, but yeah, the other person you're going to talk about is Horford. That's not necessarily going to give you front court depth, but being in the last year, I know Bobby, I know. <laughs> but being How in the last you, year of his deal, what he did. being in the last year's deal, it's a very movable piece and a guy who's an instant contributor. So there is something to whoever gets him if they want him. Someone might just want money off their books. Yeah, uh, and someone also might actually that he'd be back here on a minimum maybe or Right. Much less than he's making now next year. Right. It's possible. So that's yeah, I, mean, I, I think that the biggest chip that you have at your disposal uh, is Derek White. Uh, yep. There are other players that you can move, but Derek, and when I say biggest chip, someone that you could move potentially and it not have a significantly adverse impact on your roster. And, you know, if there's a team to keep in, keep an eye on, it's the Utah Jazz. I mean, there's the obvious reason with Danny Ainge being there. But to me, deeper than that is their new head coach, who is a huge Derek White fan. You know, Will, you know, Will from, you know, Hardy from the Celtics. Uh, Will was the guy that picked Derek White up at the damn airport when he came to Boston. OK, Will was the guy that coached Derek White through summer league. He has literally been a part of, you know, Derek White's NBA journey for most of Derek White's time in the NBA. So just like, you know, when Brad was coaching and they, you know, Al Horford came back and Al was kind of Brad's banky of sorts, Derek White could be that for Will as he deals with a hell of a lot of young guys in Utah because they're obviously blowing that whole thing up. And if you're the Celtics, if there's a piece or two on that Utah roster, 
you know, that you see could potentially help you in terms of, you know, covering some of that gap that's left with Gallinari's absence, then you may seriously consider doing that. Yeah. And the thing no one wants to hear, and again, guys, we're just talking here, so please don't get triggered when we when we talk about hypotheticals and theoreticals. But when you have redundancies, you always want to trade the fans, and I'm sure the organization wants to trade the thing that you want less. But the thing that you're going to get the most value for is the thing that teams want the most. And that of the three guards here, that would probably be Marcus Smart. And so then you start to say, could I talk myself into moving smart for something that might be really good in a different place and live with Brogdon and White. I'm not saying do it, please, before you blow this thing up. Relax. I'm simply saying that's how it kind of works sometimes where you're going to offer White and they'll say, yeah, I'd do it for smart. And then you have to make a decision. We're not going to say a player is untradeable and each scenario would be different because you don't know what's coming back in return. So you can't give it a blanket no or a blanket yes, but it is it might be the decision that you have to make to be able to get the type of thing that you think you need or th- you stand pat. So- and real realistically, these are all hypotheticals. What I say what I believe is the best thing to do is play it out, see what you got and yes. then assess as you go. You're not going to panic and make a move now. That's not going to happen. But as it goes on, now you've seen another couple of months of Derek White. And if he starts to perform close to the level of the player that you thought, and you're able to manage Brogdon's minutes and he's not getting hurt every two seconds, all of a sudden, so that's you why might, you need White, right? You might start yeah. to consider it. You need it. You're definitely starting the season with what you have. Yeah. Because in case Brogdon gets hurt, White steps right into that role. And he wasn't great last year, but he did a good job defensively and in other spots. And he had a really nice performance, I thought. Yeah. Uh, through the East Finals and then in the early stages of the NBA Finals. So I'm excited to see what he brings through a full NBA camp, though I suspect, and this is what I wrote about when I was previewing Gallinari's role with the team and just how, how the rotations were going to shake out. But I don't – I don't see – first and foremost, is going to start his last year. I've been pretty confident about that all along. I think he said as much at Summer League. So does he go three guards? I won't believe it till I see it. I think he likes having size on the floor. I think he likes having multiple wings, two bigs, all that size, and the defensive emphasis that you know, he made his money on last year. So that's where you start to wonder, where's the wing depth going to come from? Uh, and then, you know, bigs, I don't think that's a huge concern when we talk about this loss here. But you're going to need one of those guards in the short term to – run those kind of lineups if you're going to do back up Brogdon in the case that he gets injured here. Smart's going to be back. I think he was just such an instrumental part of that starting lineup from a year ago. So you don't have to make a move. Oh, and I, I, you don't, not, not to start the year, but that's where your conversations will, will, will come in. So, you know, could you yeah. live with it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you 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 know the team that you you're gonna roll the ball out with to start the season is good enough on paper at least to to frankly compete for a championship. But there's gonna be injuries, there's gonna be setbacks, there's gonna be all the the different issues that they're gonna have to work through and navigate through as the season progresses. And the key that you know when I think back to Golden State is they had guys who made the most of their moments. And they were patient and waited for those moments to arise. I mean, Iguodala is a former NBA Finals MVP, although how deserving he is, that's another question, another conversation. But he's someone who has made the most of stepping up in big moments. We saw Wool. You know, I didn't think he had a great NBA Finals, but he had some great moments. And those moments were key to them getting, you know, a couple of wins. And that's all you need from your non top tier superstars can they contribute enough for us to win a game here a game there and that's why Gallinari's absence is not going to be felt until you get to the playoffs because I guarantee you there's going to be a game that they're going to lose and you're going to think damn if they just had one more player who could knock down an open jump shot or wide open three or you know what I was was starting to imagine him being there in that Warrior series Shirai it would have been amazing he, he's the guy they needed in that series. Yeah, yeah. That so, was a that was a matchup they never had a chance to exploit at all. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and again, this will segue kind of into another topic I want to discuss before we wrap it up. But the um, 
it's an interesting time in the NBA right now because what you're seeing uh, happening over in Utah with our with our with our good friend Danny. Um, Give me them fall- picks. Give me them picks. Like kind of fall, fall kind of falling in the um, in the Oklahoma City uh, Presti uh, range of 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 uh, how you do things, and obviously you know you've got you know the process and Hinky and all of those things you know from way back when. But um, this is going. I think every team in the world has realized there's no play. I cannot get stuck in the middle. So you, I, I it really is. And again, this is why we were really hot, hot on wick to spend money. And, and especially at the deadline, people were willing to give things away for nothing. We talked about a guy like Powell who went to the Clippers, you know, like it's there. They just don't want to pay for it anymore because they don't want to be mediocre. They want to clear salary, take picks. What can you do? Can you move a piece? Can you move something to get with a pick or two again to these teams that are just like, I'm done with all of this stuff. Which teams are out there? Which teams might want to, what's the, who's the next Utah? Can you target them? Can you give more picks into the future and a pick swap and whatever matching salary necessary to be able to take something off their plate and just be expensive, you know, and, and live with it. Uh, can you do that? Is that something that you would explore uh, doing? Or maybe you don't even need that. Maybe you can trade, you know, Pritchard in a, as someone put in the tra- in the, in the, in the uh, chat, Pritchard in a couple of seconds, just to get a backup big and get some money off, you know, that, that, that somebody wants to get rid of uh, younger players, future assets, whatever, maybe looking for that next Utah out there and, and take a swing that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense if, if you are a team that's not necessarily at the top and not, you know, absolutely, you know, putrid at the bottom. Uh, that's and Utah. That's really I mean, that's at the heart of why Danny Ainge is just, you know, will start just whacking away, you know, major pieces because he realized that they're if he could he could roll that team out as they were and they would win somewhere between 45 to 50 games, get somewhere between four five and six seed and get bounced in the first round. And that's just not acceptable anymore. You know, that for a team like Oklahoma City, we'll just use them as an example, for them to be in that four, five, six conversation, which they're not, that'd be great because they're playing with kiddies. You know, that 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 would be amazing for them. But for teams that have established stars and have a certain rotation that is being built to compete at the highest level, you can't get stuck in the middle. And that's where the Celtics, frankly, are doing little things to avoid that. But when you start looking at that roster, they're going to have to hit a home run at some point very soon, whether it's one of the, you know, you know, the draft and stash guys who turns out to be the next Manu Ginobili or something like that, or whether, you know, Grant Williams just, you know, becomes, you know, a complete these The guy that we saw for like maybe two or three weeks last year where he was a 50, 40, 90 guy is able to do that for an entire season or close to a season. They're going to need someone other than Tatum or Brown to emerge and be a legitimate bona fide top tier talent and there's some candidates but there's no one that has really shown that they have that all-encompassing potential to be that player and if they don't find that player they're going to easily slip down to that four five six range which is the worst place to be in the particularly NBA. if you get another injury and that's what you worry about when you're piling the minutes right. on these starters on these main rotation guys that they have i mean you look at the numbers regular season and playoffs combined last year it's astounding i mean tatum led the league by 400 minutes uh, brown was five smart was eight horford was in that range so <laughs> like it is it is startling the amount of minutes that they piled on these guys that's the that's the position they're in. Yep. Um, so we mentioned this here. This is kind of like the, you know, the, here's the move here. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Laurie Markinen, blah, 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 Colin Sexton. It's the picks. It's the three picks and the pick swaps, which is how you do business nowadays. And, you know. We're doing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, this is this is the thing. And you obviously, you know, the Gobert Hall and then this. Uh, it's just getting silly. Uh, and that's what it is. And a lot of teams are doing it and they're willing to pay that premium for the star. Um, and that's what you have. This isn't necessarily anything the Celtics are going to do here to try to mortgage, you know, a thousand picks going forward, but it is interesting for what this does for the balance of power. The East is starting to get a little bit, um, you know, robust, you know? So like, you don't want, this is why the Gallinari news, I think hits the way it does. 
couple developments recently that have changed things. Okay. You're looking, you're the Celtics here and you're looking in the Eastern conference. And obviously, you know, the bucks are there and lurking and you wonder how things might've gone. If Middleton was healthy, um, you know, they're there. Um, Philly is coming back, you know, with, with overall better health and uh, you know, kind of, I think in a better position this year, I think that they're going to obviously be uh, a tough team, the heat or the heat, and they're not going anywhere. That's the big three that you look at. But now you're talking about a couple different developments here, which is the Cavs all of a sudden who were a surprise upstart team got better. Yeah, sure. You've got concerns with a backcourt of Mitchell and Garland in there and their ability to defend, but you've got a tremendous backline there to make up for it with Mobley and Allen. So Cleveland's coming up. Atlanta adds Murray. They're coming up and, the worst case scenario for the Celtics fans, and I know people will have all sorts of differing opinions on this, was um, Kevin Durant returning to the Nets was the worst case scenario for the Boston. Doesn't mean the Nets are guaranteed to be awesome, but you've got a chance to reload. There's about 45 million things that could go wrong with this, and I think a lot of people are predicting it will end very badly for them, given the fact <laughs> that Durant doesn't want to be there and Kyrie. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but now you've got more competition than you had before. And you just took a little baby step backward with Gallinari, uh, which was something that you really felt good about. So teams are coming up. You didn't want to take this hit early in the season if you're the Celtics. This is a pretty competitive conference. I mean, one through what? One through eight? Set? I mean, it's pretty good. One right? through four at least, I'd say. Well, the top know, you know it's one through four. What The point of this exercises to show that Cleveland has come up a little, Atlanta has come up a little, and the Nets, who you've discounted, now at least have on paper a roster that absolutely could and should be competitive when you don't factor in all of the friggin' circus stuff that obviously could derail their season before they even take the court and training camp. We know that. That's the disclaimer and the qualifier with the Nets. What I'm saying is there's there are not a lot of layups here for the Celtics within this, within this uh, conference. Right no, now. and that's that's how the playoff structure is going to ultimately align. You're going to have the path that you saw last year, whether it's an unusually a really good team in against every Brooklyn. round. Yeah, yeah, and then it could be your NBA Finals in round two, and then you know the Eastern Conference Finals ended up being a rock fight too. Oh, so there we go. We haven't even talked about Toronto, who I'm who I'm uh, who I also like a lot, and, and of course you've got the Bulls. I mean, it's 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 pretty good, man. It's pretty, it's pretty, you know. The top think, six is powerful. And I, I love that Cavs team. Four All-Stars. Right. That's that's amazing. And defensively, they were as good as anybody to start the year when they were healthy. So yeah. I like what they bring to the table. I don't I don't know if Mitchell's going to be a ceiling raiser like some of these other stars. Again, I want to see him outside of that Utah system and all the things they were doing and all the shooting and movement and Rudy in particular, I think Jared Allen's a pretty comparable replacement in terms of rim protection, but is he, is this guy going to bolster them uh, with a pretty mediocre offense last year into the upper echelon of the East? That remains to be seen. Some Cavs fans like their coach. Some Cavs fans don't. I'm interested to see how it comes together here. They lost a wing, too, in Agbaji that I think is a very underrated boss in this trade. Marketing was good for them last year. Yeah, and you, you take Mitchell if you're Cleveland, right? Three years, star in this Absolutely. league. But I don't know how much it raises their ceiling necessarily. Well, I think for, for them, it, it gives them a certain, I think, it solidifies who they are. Because I thought they got off to such a great start and were feeling good about themselves. And then they hit a point where it's like, okay, now what? Everyone they couldn't is score. Play. Yeah, we can't score. We they couldn't we, score at all. Right. Watch that. Watch those play-in games. It was right. and every time they played the Celtics, they were down a man, and they just get blasted. It was excruciating watching yeah, them try, I mean, to, try to run an offense. Oh, yeah. They're they're an example of what happens when you have talent, but it's limited. Uh, and now Donovan, I think, you know, he's going to open up some things for them offensively, which when you look at the, you're not going to have a perfect team, but certainly their biggest flaw was an inability to have multiple scores, particularly guys who can create their own shots. So he's going to give them that. But Bobby, and you touched on it a little while ago. He's a horrible defender. And I love Donovan Mitchell. Love him. He's, but he's not a very good defender. And possibly the worst defender in basketball when you look at the metrics. Last year. Last year he was almost the worst defender in the league and it just makes you wonder how much help side defense are their bigs going to have to provide and if is that something that other teams are going to 
take significant advantage of. Because uh, if I'm Cleveland, I'm worried about not so much him getting beat, but him getting beat and my big coming over to help. And then the other big that who's yeah. having a wide open lane to the basket and just dives for layups and dunks that I worry about how his struggles are going to have a domino effect on the rest of what is it has been a really good overall team defensive structure. They'd be a tough team to beat. And we've talked about how difficult rim protection makes it for the Celtics, right? So that's a given that this team's going to defend at the highest level. Now they have a sure-fired scorer who's going to raise their night-in, night-out scoring level. So they're higher in the offensive echelon in the league. Defensively, they were a team that already could compete with the Celtics. So you see this team round one, you're not thrilled. You're not terrified, but it'll be tough. Again, you have to be careful. You have to be careful not to fall into traps of, well, we got there last year, so we're obviously, you know, just gonna walk. We're gonna cruise there. We've seen teams look at the Atlanta Hawks from a couple of years Hawks. ago. Yeah, we've seen teams reach that pinnacle and look like they're they're on the way up, and no way they're taking a step back. Watch them take a big step back. I'm not saying the Celtics are going to do that, but. You know, everything's got to break for them in a lot of ways that it did last year. That defense still has to be on a string. You got to get another good year out of Horford. You know, you've lost a little bit of depth here. Your count, you've improved, I think, tremendously with Brogdon in there in terms of your overall playmaking ability and, you know, uh, and scoring, which is something that you needed. But um, there's, you know, if you're a team looking at the Celtics, you're thinking, yeah, they're good. I could beat that. We could beat those guys. You know, I think where they're at in the betting. I think it's very tightly packed is what I'm saying. Is yeah. If the Celtics are the best team, which I still think they actually are with them in Milwaukee one and two, I don't believe it's a like this big a gap over the next tier and then the next tier. I think they're all kind of closer than we think. Certainly one through six. And you could even say, as we said, possible tough outs for any first round opponent, you know, uh, all the way one through eight. So I think it is actually pretty pretty tightly packed where things could break on it whether it be an injury or whatever or just you know the way you come out and play isn't quite what you expected or it's better than you expected you know it's it'll be interesting to see once the season starts you know uh where you know how things kind of fall with some of these teams what a surprise though like they were mentioned the Cavs at a certain point and then they were out but it seemed like he was going to the Knicks it almost felt like a foregone conclusion, and then it wasn't. And you saw some of the packages they were throwing out there. I wasn't scared of that. And this is almost a worst-case scenario of all the different teams in the East that he could have feasibly in there because he wasn't going to Miami. But he ends on Cleveland, and all of a sudden that team's much better. If he landed on the Knicks and they actually gave up some of the stuff that it seemed like they were putting on the table, the Knicks still weren't going to be that good. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Facts, my dog. Facts, dog. Facts, dog. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, that's uh, – oh, hold on. Uh, that's what we got, you know, just in terms of the news today. Uh was super interesting. Uh, totally unexpected. And, again, just a recap for the people here. Um, uh, Gallinari, who we thought had a meniscus tear and who – it was reported it was a meniscus tear, has an ACL tear. Uh, and his season is, pretty, is over, most likely. And uh, – you know, uh, who knows anything beyond that? Uh, and again, just kind of really surprising considering y- y- we thought the diagnosis was in. I mean, did he did he tear his ACL on the way to meniscus surgery? I have no idea how this happened, but it's the reality. And the Celtics are now faced with they're definitely a lot thinner than they were um, in terms of their overall depth. We'll see what they end up doing. Uh, to address that, one last shout out to our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Please, guys, go to athleticgreens.com for a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. This is a tremendous supplement, 75 vitamins uh, and different things all in one scoop of powder. You put it in a cup of water, boom, beginning of your day. A great way to promote, uh, as we said, uh, gut health and mental acuity and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Ah, it just fell out of my brain, guys. I can't find it. Fell out of my brain. Uh, but uh, terrific health supplement uh, endorsed by medical professionals and uh, and and you know, celebrities and athletes throughout the world. Go to athleticgreens.com slash garden, free one-year supply. Uh, immunity, Jesus, that's what I was trying to get at, immunity. Um, that's, a, that's a big part of it. Uh, athleticgreens.com slash garden, free one-year supply, vitamin D, five free travel packs, and... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Phenomenal t-shirt. 
which <laughs> you know just pay the money for the t-shirt guys when you when you <laughs> just come get some but we will send it to you dm me your shirt size your address and a receipt showing that you used the code athleticgreens.com slash garden um and we will fire off a t-shirt to you right away guys closing thoughts no, just uh, looking forward to seeing what how Brad addresses the the gap that's going to be there with Gallinari. Will he, you know, take I, I think the the logical route and just bring Melo in, or will he try to be more funky and creative with it? I'm, I'm curious to see how Brad handles that. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings here as I stack it up, thinking of that Cleveland move. I, given the depth here, given some of the rest and all the different things that are coming to play with the Celtics here, I'm going to position them at three. I think the 76ers are going to come out guns blazing this year. Um, Bucks, I think, will return to the top of the standings. Celtics at three. Cavs in that four and five spot with the Heat. And then I think the Nets, Hawks, those teams are rung below. Chicago without ball, possibly. Atlanta, I'm not high on. I think they'll be back to the playing field. And then is it Charlotte or New York? A nine tennis range. So I think the Celtics are still firmly in that top four. Maybe they slip a little below one, two, where people thought they might have been there. And then I think Cavs Heat is a pretty good bet for four or five. You left out your Toronto Raptors, Bobby. You just yeah, they're in that just... they're in that six range, probably along the bottom there. But every, all of them are rung below. Again, I, they could have used Durant, I think. Okay, and again, we do have to point out it's pretty tightly packed, you know, um, from from top to bottom there. And even if you are rung below, we're talking about two, three, four wins. You know, it's not a huge disparity. It will be a tight conference uh, for sure. Super competitive right out of the gate uh, with a lot of teams, you know, either having kind of fortified uh, or getting healthy. Uh, And of course, you know, there's always the Nets wild card with we have no idea if any of their top three players will take the court. Um, (laughs) It wouldn't be They're boom or bust, right? It literally wouldn't be be surprising if none of them played. Yeah, you have no idea. Um, So that's that. Um, Make sure you check out Sherrod Blakely for his uh, 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 – give it to me one more time, Sherrod. I'm looking for the graphic. Fullcourtpress.bulletin.com. Fullcourtpress.bulletin.com and also um, subscribe to the A-List podcast. As he said, Gary Washburn taking victory laps this week uh, over uh, his mellow. We'll see. When, when they sign him, I'll believe it. His mellowness. Um, you know, yeah. so I will say, said, I would Fullcourtpress.bulletin.com. Yeah. You have anything coming up on that right now, Sherrod? Uh, coming up probably a little bit later on tonight, we'll be talking. I'll be, I'll be writing about mellow and just what does that mean? Uh, Cause that's obviously it's, it's it, mellows. The one that makes, I think in terms of sizzle, in terms of substance makes a lot of sense. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. So guys go check that out for sure. Um, and um, make sure of course, to subscribe to our YouTube channel for all of our ex- exclusive Celtics content, which includes podcasts from Sherrod and Gary Washburn, Jeff Goodman and Bob Ryan, Bob, very spicy. Very, very spicy this week, um, you know, with some comments. He's just letting it fly. Get get off my lawn, Kevin Durant. Um, so Bob Ryan there, obviously Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti with Celtics beat. Brian Robb with winning plays. Bobby Manning with Dome Theory. Cedric Maxwell with Joe Sway Pavone and the Cedric Maxwell podcast. All of that time. It's September. It's all coming. We got all of these shows. We're going to add more shows. We just can't. We'll, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but some really good Celtics content and it's really going to start to flood. So make sure you subscribe to that channel, subscribe to our main YouTube channel, turn on your notifications. You will be notified um, every time we go live, which is going to increase in frequency uh, tremendously as we kind of get into the season right now. We're just kind of doing once a week, getting our legs underneath us, uh, but we will be back in full and then Forget about it. We'll see you in June. So um, should be a ton of fun. Make sure you subscribe. Stick with CLNS Media for all the content. Give us a follow on Twitter if you like as well. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks, Sherrod. Thanks, Bobby Manning. We will see you guys. Uh, should there be breaking news, we will pop back up again. Absolutely. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week.